Kane is in the building. With Hollywood code, I'm with Marley G, bro. Flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I Welcome back into another edition know. of the Fantasy Authority Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Steele. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyRat13. We're joined as always by Cody Kutzer or hashtag HedgeLife. You can find him on Twitter at CKutzerFF. That is K U T Z E R. For the folks that don't know how to spell Kutzer, the man finally cut his wig, right? I finally, I mean, he looks like a different person now. It's like, oh, okay, he's uh, he's not homeless anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel feel like a brand new man. Um, one thing that I was not thinking about as a, as a side effect of this. So for those who don't know, I, I'm a mailman. I deliver mail. I have a, an all walking route. And uh, past two days, been uh, the the heat has been picking up here in, in PA today was like 92 was the high and uh, everywhere where my hair was previously that is not now is sunburnt. So like my forehead here is like raw. The back of my ears are like the hair and the locks were flowing and covering it are not there anymore. It's like the back of my ears, the back of my neck and like my forehead is just like pink and raw and like sunburnt was not expecting that. So but I'm going to persevere, man. I'm going to push through, even though I have, you know, a little little bit of sunburn on the on the face. Well, it looks good. It looks good. I'm sure your wife is happy too. Yeah, man. She she actually acknowledged that I that I'm in the house now. So that's that's nice that she's been at least saying hi to me every every once in a while. Let let you come to bed and sleep in the same bed and everything now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not uh not sleeping next to the cat litter downstairs. So that's that's been another plus. That is. That does sound like a real, real positive there. <laughs> so, so in this show, well, basically tonight we're going to be talking about a, a couple of different things. Mainly, we're going to be kind of, you know, with uh, it's crazy, right? Because the first preseason game is fifty-eight days away, and the first, uh, first uh, regular season game is ninety-three days away, I believe. So, really close, right? Like, uh, if you would have told me, you know, just thinking about it, like I felt like it was so far away. But then once you break it down like that, you realize how how quickly it's getting here which means we're less than, what, 50-some days away from redraft season starting. So we're, we're kind of getting there. June is the kind of unofficial start to the redraft season. That's when people can start talking about it and putting it out into the existence of things where Dynasty starts to go down, redraft starts to come up. And so that's why today we are going to be taking a look at some ADP, and we're going to be using some fancy football calculators, PPR ADP, which is for the last three days. And I have to say, some of the things when I was looking at it really caught me off guard. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be kind of buying or selling uh, for we would take a player at their current ADP. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss through some of that. So again, as always, before we get started, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that like and subscribe button. Really appreciate it. We got a lot of uh, stuff coming out. You can also check out some of the other stuff that we've done. Like uh, Cody, he actually just recently released a top 10 rookie running backs for Dynasty. You know, you can also extrapolate that over to redraft as well. And if there's any other topics you'd like us to cover, you know, keeper, dynasty, redraft, roster construction, strategy base, let us know. You can also join our Slack chat, which was actually popping today in, in, the, in the dynasty chat. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on in there. 
And, you know, if you're listening to this on podcast, please uh, consider uh, rating and reviewing the show. It really helps us out. So with all that being said, before we actually get started, we do have one important news and notes that came out, of course, because holdout season is finally here. Dalvin Cook is planning on holding out until he gets a reasonable contract. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I'm I'm never going to fault a player for trying to get as much money as they can, like especially at the running back position where it looks like those second contracts. I th- I think we've talked about it before on the show too, where going forward, they're just going to be discarded to the side, right? They're just going to be crushed during their first contract, and then the second contract is going to come up, and they're not going to get that money. So I will never fault a player for trying to get as much money as they can while they're playing. But from from what I've been reading, what I've been seeing, it seems like he's not going to be able to accrue this season to be to add into free agency after this if he doesn't show up. And it also seemed like the Vikings don't have a lot of cap space to give him the money that he's looking for. Like I think he wanted it was north of what McCaffrey got, which was like sixteen per year. Obviously, he's not going to get that, but. If, if he wants anything close to it, I, I don't think the Vikings even have the cap space to be able to do that. So I, I just I, I don't know, man. And we we saw how that worked with with Melvin last year did not really turn out too well in his favor. I don't think he got the money that he was hoping to get. So I will never fault the player for doing it, but I it it kind of seems like he's not going to have too much leverage in this uh, particular situation. Yeah, he has like zero leverage, right? Because. Essentially, if he holds out the entire year, he does not become a free agent, but he becomes a restricted free agent next year. So, so th- there is that. Like, he's not necessarily a you know he's not a complete uh, you know it's not like a, the year doesn't count like it used to. But now in the new CBA, before you would start to get fined if you did not show up like you were supposed to. But most time, I would say about ninety nine percent of the times, teams always escaped, never actually went through with it, didn't actually find him. New CBA, that's gone. It, they have no uh, that it's not an option anymore uh, for them to not to hold it back on you, right? So if he were to sit out the entire year, I think he I think it ended up being like he would end up losing like over one point five million, something like that, which is more than what he's going to make this year. He essentially would be paying the league to actually not play, and then he would also be a restricted free agent. Uh, which now at that point, you know, teams could bid for his services, and then he could end up getting his contract. So maybe it is somewhat of a possibility if he's okay with losing that kind of money. But he doesn't have a ton of leverage here at all. And I get it. There's there's people that have said, well, he is the team. They're, they've built this entire offense kind of around being a running off, run first offense. But for me, I'm not saying Alexander Madison is as good as Dalvin Cook, but I don't think it's a significant fall off between the two of them if, if one doesn't play, if he does not play and Alexander Madison and Mike Boone fill that role. So I don't think it's a great move for Dalvin Cook. He may not be the only one, though, right? Like, uh, we started talking about kind of Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon's in the same situation as he is. Alvin Kamara's in the same situation that he is. So, I mean, this may be the tip, tip of the iceberg here. I, I know we're only in June, but what 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 does this do for Dalvin Cook's fan? I mean, because, it, you know, we saw it last year, right, with Melvin Gordon whenever he was going to sit out, and he fell dramatically in draft. And I think that if we if this continues to roll through, until we get into August, like this is going to really significantly um, hurt his ADP along with some of these other guys. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah, man. I mean, if this is continuing into August and we're still hearing that they're super far apart, you know what I mean? He's that he's has no plans of showing up. I think people are going to start to get worried like they did because uh, didn't someone by the name of Kevin Steele take Melvin Gordon early in the, uh, the Scott fishbowl last <laughs> Last year, <laughs> there was a guy with that name, and he, and he did. He actually also took Todd Gurley because you know I tried to be contrarian. He fell a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and take Todd Gurley, and I took the L on that as well. 
Yeah, so I think what's going to end up happening is, you know, with that recency bias in mind, people are going to uh, hold off on them. I think we see Madison's uh, redraft ADP really skyrocket. I think as, as of right now, he's going as like RB40, RB44, something like that. So he's going to jump way up. I think right now, if for whatever reason, if you're draft redrafting super early, I'm not going to let him drop too far. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I'm not, I, I can't do that right now because of all of the things. Like it seems like he doesn't have that leverage, right? So I'm not going to let him drop too far. If you have like an early draft for whatever reason, but if you do yours late, like the you know fourth week of the preseason or something, and you're still not hearing anything, then yeah, he's definitely going to drop probably what two two rounds. I would I would assume maybe into the third. Probably more than that, because I think at that point, he probably does pull a Melvin Gordon. He's already pot committed at that point. I think you could see him hold out at least all the way through until, you know, until he has to report. I think it's like week eight or week nine, just like Melvin Gordon did last year and then show up, which if that happened, he he should be going in like the eighth or ninth round at that point because you're going to get him for the half of the season. It's going to be an interesting uh, time to, to monitor this because I don't like I do think there's a possibility Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon hasn't had the career success that Dalvin Cook has. But the thing with Dalvin Cook as well, he's never stayed healthy. He's never played 16 games. His right. entire career. Last year was definitely like, he showed us exactly what we thought he could be. At the same time, I do think that it, it just should be taken into consideration the fact that he's just never been healthy, even, even, in, even in college. You know, th- those things certainly hurt him. But like I said, at the end of the day, we still have a long time to go and we'll have to monitor how this thing goes because, you know, this could all be water under the bridge. Maybe they get a deal done. We'll see. But um, as of right now, I, I think you have to drop him down in your rankings. And in best ball, you're in a best ball situation right now. Uh, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable taking him. Now, if he starts to fall to a significant level, something we saw with like Zeke a couple of years ago whenever he did this, and then where people really hit kind of a home run because he fell and people didn't know how long he was going to hold out. And he, what he, I think he missed, did he miss a week? I think he missed a week, right? Because he signed like right before the season started or right, right there at that point. And, but his, his, his draft value had fell, uh, fallen and then people were actually ready to get him at a little bit of a value. And I think that could end up happening here at Dalvin Cook because depending on how things go, he, he seems pretty serious about it. We'll see what happens. At what point, if uh, you know, say you're in one of those late drafts, how early would you take Madison in in this scenario? Like, you know, what I mean, it's it's a week or two out. They still seem super far apart. At what point are you going to pull the trigger on uh, on Madison? If we get to, I mean, if we get to close to the end of August and he and we have no sign of him showing up, then I think you probably consider taking Madison in the fifth or sixth round, something in that range, right? You still understand that he's only going to have half a season of. At best, probably a half season of value. However, you know, that half season, those eight weeks can end up carrying you, you know, at least into the playoffs at that point, if he ends up returning the value, as well as I still think he has somewhat of a role, even in the event that when he, when he comes back, like I think he is somebody that has some standalone value because I do think he's somebody that's probably going to see touches every single week. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the injury history with Dalvin as well. So that, that, yeah. that makes sense to me. All right. So, Let's go ahead and get this thing started here with the old, uh, you know, do some ADP pressure. Again, you can check this out over at Fantasy Football Calculator. using their ADP, their PPR ADP, their half-point PPR has not been updated. So, But their PPR has been updated, so that's what we're using. So let's go ahead and start. We're going to start at the running back position here. And we're going to start at, start with my boy, who we just talked about last week as somebody that I felt as, as a breakout candidate. But I'm not going to lie to you. I did not see this kind of ADP or Kenyon Drake. Um, I thought he was going to be somebody that we could get in like the second, mid-second, maybe early, you know, late second, maybe early third. But right now, he's going at the 109 right now. Are you buying or selling that? In the, uh, in the words of Randy Jackson, that's a no from me, dog. 
I did. I, I can't, I can't do that. RB five. I'm sorry, man. Like I, I, it felt because dude, there's a lot of smart people that are smarter than me at the, you know, Silva and guys like that who are all about Kenyon Drake this year. And I'm sure that's why he's sitting at RB five at this point, but dude, I, I can't, I can't do it. Like this is not a guy that a lot of people were super excited about going into this. Now all of a sudden he had, I think it was what, like three good games with Arizona. Now all of a sudden we're just, we're, we're all in and we're all buying it. Like I get going from the death trap of Miami with Adam Gase to this offense are completely different. You can't really compare the two, but if you look at what he did, like he had some, he had some, like the games where he played really well, they were really good. So he had three games with over 100 yards rushing. I think they were all over like 120. I think he had like 160 in there at one point. But then he had five games where he didn't even eclipse 70 rushing yards. He wasn't uh, utilizing the passing – or let us let me say that he was not too efficient with what he was getting. He had like two games of seven targets, but those didn't amount to anything. He only had one game with more than 30 receiving yards. So at this – like RB5 at this at, – at 109, I, I, I can't do that. I know that you're all about him. Uh, you brought up the slack earlier. We threw a poll up in there. Uh, you know, who you wanted. There was, what, Mixon, Sanders, Drake, Jacobs. Was there one more in there, I think, maybe? Derrick Henry. Okay. So, Kev, you put that in there. Uh, you know, Zach Marmer, a, a former TFA OG, threw, uh, threw his vote down on Drake. Both of you guys said you loved him, but are, are you buying at this point? I think he's – so, he's a um, – so no, it's actually a little bit. He's actually going to RB seven, so it's not as uh, as crazy. But still, so right now he's basically essentially going, you know, uh, McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, which is probably going to change a little bit with the news we just got. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs are all going ahead of him. Going after him is Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. Oh, and Zeke Elliott's going ahead of him as well. and then Miles Sanders, right? And so you look at that and you say, okay, well, who who would you take? You know, at, when I get to that point, if I'm wanting to go running back at that point, I would consider Josh. I would consider. I definitely have a consideration for Joe Mixon, and then I would take Miles Sanders ahead of him. We are, uh, which I, which I would. I would take Miles Sanders over Kenyon Drake. It's hard to deny Kenyon Drake in the situation he's going to be in there. There's nobody else around him, right? I mean, it's it's Chase Edmonds and Eno Benjamin, and I mean, you again when he when he arrived there, he finishes the RB four from week nine on. Uh, he's in a better offense. Another year with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray takes a step forward this year. Opens up the, you know, we we like running backs, especially with with uh, running quarterbacks because it opens up lanes for the running backs. I think he's going to see targets, and I think adding DeAndre Hopkins also helps as well and just kind of makes this offense go. So with everything considered and how good this offense probably should be, we know it's going to be a high volume pass offense. He should have opportunities to score. It, it's going to be hard for him to really fail. And so if you look at the running backs going around him it's tough to really make an argument against them because of, of everything that I just said. And then again, you know, you go look at the running backs after him, Joe Mixon. I don't know what that offense is going to be. Does Joe Mixon struggle? Joe Mixon has not, I mean, he hasn't officially like broken out, broken out. Uh, I definitely think I love Joe Mixon as well. And then you have, I mentioned Nick Chubb who's going after him. And then Miles Sanders who has some question marks in, in his own right. They keep talking about bringing another running back, but again, we've talked about that. It doesn't really matter to me, but I, I would take Miles Sanders ahead of him. But that's kind of the list for me in terms of running backs. And so for me, I, he has a really clear-cut role here in this offense, 
and it could end up commanding 70, 80% of opportunity share. I don't know, dude, there's, there's just something about it that I, I just can't, I can't buy in at that price. Like I, I can't just go from him being an afterthought to RB five within the span of, of 30 seconds. I just, I, I don't know, man. I just, that that's one I like, I would rather have Devontae. Obviously we're talking running backs right now, but going after him, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Holy, like give me all of those guys over Kenyon Drake easily. I just, like I said, man, I, there, there's just something about it. Maybe I uh, need to pull up the, uh, the old NFL game pass and, and watch him. Maybe I'll get a little bit more appreciation for it. But as of right now, RB five at one oh nine. I man, I I I can't. It is. It's 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 pretty spicy. Like I said, it it was real spicy when I saw it. Maybe it drops a little bit. You know, we are in June. That gets talked down a little bit. Some other guys move up ahead of him, and he ends up going in that mid second round. Because I would feel great about taking him in mid second. Taking him at one oh nine is is really spicy. There. The other thing I will say as we're on the running backs, running backs are flying off the board. It's crazy. Uh, like wide receivers is being significantly pushed down. Like when you talk about like Allen Robinson, for example, as a wide receiver, I love you can get him in like mid to th- uh, mid to late third round. Like he's almost going into the fourth round. Allen Robinson is, and uh, he might be going to the top of the third. But regardless, he's going to the third round. Which see to me, like I was like I thought I figured he's going like the second round. A lot of these guys are just being pushed down because running backs are being drafted so heavily. I think there's some edge now. I do not believe going zero RB. Like I think zero RB is pretty much done. Uh, I think it's kind of a dead thing, but I do think that you can go robust wide receiver and take a running back when the first couple of rounds and just slam wide receiver because value is so crazy that you could end up taking, I don't know, Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill with your first two picks and then coming back around in the third round and still getting like a Leonard Fournette who we'll talk about or David Johnson, grabbing some, a couple of these other guys and, and you know, loading up with some other places, but continuing to slam wide receiver because wide receivers are just being undervalued right now. I think a little bit too much. I think we've gotten a little bit too overboard, and this might be a nice time to pivot. Yeah, man, I I agree. And we'll, I'm sure we'll definitely get more into the uh, the strategy stuff once you know once we get closer to the to the season. Uh, the next guy we have up here up on the list, a uh, guy that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going at 209 is RB14. Kev, what are you doing with him at that point? Are you buying or selling? This is a tough one, really, to be honest with you, at, at, at where he's currently going, 208. I think he ends up going higher than that by the time the season gets here. I think he continues to get talked up. He's going at about RB14, and I think we could end up seeing him going as an RB1, like a late back-end RB1. I have reservations uh, with, with this because – we look at this team last year, and and what do you think? Like, I get that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as a talent is better than anything they had last year with LaShawn McCoy and and Damian Williams. Like, far and away, he's a much better talent. However, I don't know if the opportunity is going to be there. What And that is the issue that I have with him and him going that high. Like, it's so tough because I can see a scenario where he's not getting that. Like, Damian Williams is still going to have a role. I want people to understand that. Like he is, he's still going. It's not going to be a ton, but if you go back and you just look at the opportunity share for this team last year, it's it's a, it, so basically last year that there was eighty nine total receptions uh, among for the running backs, hundred and hundred six targets, three hundred eleven total, oh, three hundred eleven total rushing attempts, eighty nine receptions, one hundred six total targets. Damian Williams averaged ten carries per game and three point two targets per game. 
Deshaun McCoy averaged seven carries per game and 2.4 targets per game, right? None of the other running backs really come into, into the fold here because none of them, Damian Williams, Daryl, or Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson never really had much of a role. So that's, that, that's out the window, right? So if you look at that, do you think that the Chiefs are going to start throwing the ball less? And now you could go back to when Kareem Hunt was there. And I understand that argument as well. And you look at how even Kareem Hunt's rookie year, or not Kareem Hunt's, Patrick Mahomes' rookie year, where he first year he played, Kareem Hunt was really productive, right? However, they didn't have the weapons that they have now. Yeah, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey was there. They have Sammy Watkins, who's still there, which he was there as well, I believe, too. But they have Sammy Watkins. McCall Hardman's there. Like, they have all these weapons. Not everybody's going to be able to touch the ball a ton, right? And they, I think they they threw the ball. They were number one in pass uh, in passing compared to the run pass uh, ratio last year. They were number one in that. Unless you're expecting that to go down and they're going to start running the ball more, I I don't think the attempts are going to be there. And like I've said, like there's so many options in the passing game. Like, I don't think that he he's not going to get. I you know, and I love Ray Garvin to death. Dude is a beast. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his destination, Debbie. Um, but he's someone that has mentioned that he thought he could have 100 receptions or 100 targets. Or it was either 100 targets, 100 receptions, regardless. I don't think he gets anywhere close to that. I don't see how they're going to get anywhere close to that. Unless they suffer a significant injury, which is possible. But if that doesn't happen, I don't see how that, that comes to light. And if that doesn't come to light, unless he is super efficient and he gets a ton of touchdowns, which is possible with this offense. I love this offense. You know, that's one of the best, if not the best still in the league. They bring, I think, and here's something else to remember, too. When we talk about, which we'll talk about Cam Akers lately, but there's a bit of a narrative here, right? With Cam Akers, it's how bad that offensive line is, and that's why he's not going to be able to produce, right? If you go back to 2018 Rams, that offense is one of the best in the league. Now, last year, it took a step backwards. But but when we look at that offensive line last year, it was terrible. But nobody talks about the Chiefs' offensive line. The Chiefs' offensive line was just as bad as the Rams was last year. Um, If you look at their, their offensive line last year, they ranked... 28th in adjusted line yards and 21st in power. Those are things that should be taken into consideration. Their offensive line is not good by any means. Patrick Mahomes is is a, a madman and runs out and and does all this uh, and makes and makes plays happen, right? But their offensive line is not better. They did nothing to improve their offensive line. They did have some injuries last year that should be taken into consideration as well. So for me, I'm a sell that <clears throat> unless we get more as as the season gets closer. And we find out that Clyde Edwards Flair is going to be the workhorse and everything in this offense. I could probably get on board with that, but right now I can't do it. And I mean, and they we haven't heard anything different either. That the fact that David Williams is going to be the starter. Yeah, man, I to- totally agree. I was I was interested to get your take on it, obviously because you are a Kansas City faithful. But at, at, at that point, I, I completely agree. I don't think he just pushes Damian Williams out of the. You know, out of the picture, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a split than what people want to think. And at RB14, that's like a price where you're like, you're kind of taking it into consideration, but like you're not taking it too seriously. Obviously, if if we get word that it's going to be the it's going to be the Clyde show and it's just going to be him, then his this this ADP is just going to rise, right? But as of right now, like I said, it's, it's like, well, Damien's there, but is he really? I don't know. But so so for me, I don't have too much more else to add. I think you hit on all the uh, on all the important points, um, and I, I'm also going to pass on that. Like I said, until we get more information, uh, 209 RB14. That's just a little rich for me. Uh, there's a guy that who's going after him, who 
more or less should have the entire backfield to himself. Uh, I think his target's going to come back, come down a little bit, uh, obviously compared to last year. But Leonard Fournette, RB sixteen, going at three hundred one. That is going to be a situation where I'm I'm going to buy that. Um, for dynasty purposes, I kind of want to get out this year. I, I would rather get out a year too early than a year too late. So unless you're a contender, I would be selling Fournette if you can. Uh, but for redraft purposes for 2020, I, I, I w- I'm going to be buying this. Um, you're not going to get too many other um, running backs after this point that are going to have the carry upside that he does. Like I already mentioned, he's not going to get 100 targets. But everyone keeps talking about, you know, they brought in Chris Thompson. Gruden worked with him at Washington. Let's Can we just put that to the side as if, like, Chris Thompson is like a beacon of health and he's going to come in there and just be re- ready to go for all 16 games? I think Fournette's targets were going to come down no matter what. But I don't look at Chris Thompson as being, like, the reason why. If he can stay healthy, I think he can be a nice PPR upside pick, like, much later in your draft. But I'm not looking at Chris Thompson as like some huge threat to Leonard Fournette, even if he splits some of the carries. I, I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, if if his targets come back down to like that 50 range, I think is fine. Uh, I think his his rookie season, I think he had around like 35 catches, something like that, and I think he finished as a, I think he finished as an RB one. If not, it was it was right on the fringe. So I, I think that's well within his uh, range of outcomes again for this year. So RB 16, I think you're getting a little bit of value. Um, but what are you thinking on Fournette, Kev? I don't really understand it, to be honest with you, his ADP. For somebody that, I mean, he commanded 90% of the opportunity share last year. He was ninth at fantasy points per game, sixth in rushing yards, fifth in receptions. The three total touchdowns, despite the fact that, I mean, that, which should be mentioned, he only had three total touchdowns last year, but he still finished ninth at fantasy points per game, fourth in red zone touches, fourth in targets. And they, they weren't even a team that ran the ball a ton. I mean, they were 23rd in attempts per game, but he was eighth in yards created. There's a lot to like here with, with, with him, right? And I know people are all of a sudden looking at Chris Thompson and all of a sudden it's like Chris Thompson is, you know, is uh, like Tariq Cohen or some. He's always he, he continues to get hurt. Uh, and over the last two years, if you look at it, he's had a couple here, here and there games that, that you can kind of get excited about. I get it. If you look at Chris Thompson, he does have familiarity with the offense with Jay Gruden there. Last year, he had 58 targets and then um, 42 receptions. It was the 16th in the league. He was hurt. He missed some opportunities there. And then... And then if you go back to 2018, I think the first two weeks of the year, he scored 20 fantasy points, and then it sort of fell off, right? Um, I do think Chris Thompson is going to be involved. I think Chris Thompson is going to receive pass-catching work. But that's kind of baked in there for you at RB16, right? They're going to feed him the ball. There's nobody else there. There's Royquell Armstead, you know, as a late round or a, a handcuff that I like later in drafts. But there's a lot to like here with Leonard Fournette and getting him at RB 16 in the third round. Like I said, if you, if you're one of those people who starts wide receiver early, I mean, you know, if you, if you could get, like I said, Devontae Adams and like Tyree kill with your first two picks and then going like Leonard Fournette in the third round, like I would feel pretty solid about that. Right. And I think all the opportunities are going to be there. I still think he commands that backfield. I still think that he is somewhere in the range I don't, he's not getting 100 targets. This year. I, don't, I don't see that happening. I think he probably falls more into the 60, 70 target range. Um, probably gets around 40, you know, 40 receptions, something like that, which will hurt him a little bit for sure. 
But overall, like I think Leonard Fournette is, is should be ranked higher, should be going higher than he is. And if he continues to go around this range, like I'll have no problems, uh, you know, the draft button, you know, in upcoming drafts here in a couple of months. Yeah, like I said, especially with uh, the guys who are going after them, you're not going to find too many that are going to have the the touch upside that that Fournette has. So he's someone if if he stays in that range, because it seems like everyone's just thinking he's going to have like this massive drop off. Um, you know, which which actually leads pretty nicely to our next guy, which is another one that I'm not not fully understanding here either. But Chris Carson at RB21 going around later at 401. Uh, Kev, why don't you take this one first? Are you buying or selling at that price for Chris Carson? This is a tough one for me, but I, I think I'm buying at, at RB21, right? You're kind of baking out all of that. Rashad Penny's still there. They drafted DJ Dallas. Now, we're going to have to wait and see because there's been some rumors that Marshawn Lynch might actually come back. If that happens, that that will change how I feel about Carson because I think that uh, I, I think Carson could move into more of a pass-catching role than he, than he is uh, in every down back. But if you look at it in 15 games last year, he committed 71% of the opportunities, uh, 15.5 fantasy points per game. They were obviously you know a run-heavy offense. They ran the third most, uh, they ran the third most in the league. Uh, he ended up with 278 carries, 46 targets, 43 red zone touches, which was 13th. Um, and then he was fourth in yards created. He was also 4.7 breakaway run rate, which was good. He also was third in the league with six 100-yard games, which was tied with Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, and Josh Jacobs. And then he was uh, says 3.63 yards after contact were also 15th in the league. So there's lots of like with Chris Carson last year, right? Chris Carson has always been undervalued. It happens every year. We look at Chris Carson. And, you know, it was when Rashad Penny was going to get picked. Everybody hated Chris Carson. Chris Carson was dead. And, well, as we found out, that really, uh, I don't know what the hell the Seahawks were doing with ever drafting him in the first round. That turned out to not, you know, work out because Rashad Penny has been nothing, right? He's he We, we saw a little glimpse of him last year. We got a little excited with him. We thought maybe there was an opportunity there with him. And then that ended up falling off. So, for me, I barring anything crazy happening, like I said, like Marshawn Lynch being brought back, I think it's, it's an obvious buy at RB21. He's, I don't get it. Like, he was 12th in fantasy points per game last year, right? Like, I don't know what there's not to like in a run first, a run heavy offense. He's likely going to contain a man, a similar workload. He's going to get targets. So, there, there's a lot to like here. And at RB21, I mean, he's almost going as an RB3. I'm all about it. Yeah, man. To me, I think it's still going to be his backfield. I think there is a little bit of a hesitation as far as like if and he I, starts. I was going to say, I, I it just hit me. They also signed, you know, like I, I see the thing. Yeah, they mentioned they Carlos Hyde was also signed as well. So I think that should be mentioned as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, that's more of a if Chris Carson's fumbling issues continue, there is someone there to, to nip at his heels, right? Like I don't necessarily see Hyde pushing him for the starting job at the at the outset of the season, unless, like you said, something crazy happens. Let's say like Chris Carson is just like looks like shit for whatever reason, or he, those fumbling issues pop up. That is a, a situation where I can see somebody like Carlos Hyde coming in and taking, uh, you know, taking some of those touches and kind of taking over that role. But I think at the outset and it, at that price. With everybody chasing running backs, like we've talked about, um, I, I think you can. I think you can buy there without that, like really throwing off your off your draft, right? If if you take, I wouldn't want to take Chris Carson as my RB one by any means, but if he's your RB two and then that doesn't work out, and you can snag someone later in the later in your draft, 
Like I, I'd be fine with that. Not as my RB one, but as my RB two. And I think you can make up for that later in the draft. You feel like almost that they have, they're going to have to move on from somebody here because like, it feels like they have weights. I mean, right now they have Carson, they have Penny, they have Carlos Hyde. They, they drafted DJ Dallas. Like, it feels like there's a lot of mouths here, and like there's, I can't imagine they're going to keep all of these running backs. Yeah, somebody's definitely going to get cut or something, right? Like I, I can't with with all the guys you mentioned, I can't imagine there's going to be too much of a uh, of a trade market for them, especially with Penny not being able to stay healthy. Hyde has been bouncing around the league for for how long now? Um, Dallas, they obviously just signed, so unless one of those guys like really shows out in the preseason or something, and they can they can move on for them, um, that's that's the only scenario I see. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see if somebody like Travis Homer is cut. You know, what I mean, a couple a couple of those other guys. But that's that's kind of where I'm sitting right now with that situation. Yeah. So all right. So let's go ahead and move on. Let's let's jump over to Cam Akers, right? Our first uh, our second rookie, I should say. He's currently going at five hundred eight RB twenty seven. Are you buying or selling him? I'm going to live my my best hedge life right now, and I'm going to... I'm going to go uh, or. Hey, will you go with me? Yes or no? I'm going to circle or and send it back. Um, I'm, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to buy at RB27, but I think I'm going to sell at 508. Is, is that allowed on the rules? Am I, am I allowed to split that, live that hedge life? I don't know how that exactly works, but... I like like five like five oh eight just seems like a as as we sit right now just seems like a little early, but he I I'm seeing him finish ahead of twenty seven. You know what I mean? That like that's kind of where I'm where I'm sitting with that. I think in a in a normal year where everyone's not so starved and crazed for running backs, like RB twenty seven, you're not gonna have to take RB twenty seven and five oh eight. Um but I if 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 I'm gonna commit, I'm gonna commit to buying because I I do think that Akers takes over this running back room sooner rather than later. I don't care about Sean McVay and what, you know, what everyone's pointing to in that article with him saying, like, we're going to use a committee. You don't move up in the third round last year to take Henderson. If you think he's going to be the guy and then take, um, acres in the second round, the following year, if they felt that comfortable with Henderson and, um, with Henderson and Brown, they're not going to take that second round capital with the, like that team is not in a great spot with the defense, with the O line. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to waste that second round capital on acres if they felt comfortable with Henderson and Brown. So I do think he takes over that room sooner rather than later. Um, I'm not seeing like a, a Christian McCaffrey level usage with him. I still think those other guys are going to be involved, but I do think acres sees the, the lion's share of those touches. So I will, I will buy here. Yeah, it, I I do understand what you're saying because saying like fifth round seems a little rich, but RB, then you're like RB twenty seven though, and I get that. But I think it would depend on roster construction for me because I do think there's a couple of running backs that maybe I'd have a little bit more interest in a little bit later than him. But at the same time, I do think he has he has that that sort of upside that you're looking for. I I do think the Rams offense is going to kind of bounce back from what you know. It's going to be much more similar, in my opinion, to the 2018 Rams. Than the 2019 Rams in terms of their offense. So for that, like I, I definitely think Cam Akers is the best running back they have on that team. I, I definitely believe that. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of narrative out there. There people are pumping their narratives on Twitter, which are just which are just ridiculous. And um, people try to back up their narratives with any little thing they can find. They're grabbing at straws as much as they possibly can. 
But I 100%. I think Cam Akers is the best running back on this on this team. I think Daryl Henderson maybe is more of just a, that RB two, and I think Cam Akers he has that upside, that that league winning potential, that RB one upside there. And so I have no problem with him with, with taking him at RB twenty seven. You know, mid fifth is a little rich for me. I will say that. But in a situation where these running backs are flying off the board for everybody, like right. you know, you're going to have to kind of uh, you know. You're going to have to make this decision, but like I said, Cam Akers at RB twenty-seven isn't isn't ridiculous. I know that Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going around ahead of him. I do think I one hundred percent expect Jonathan Taylor to continue to move up rather quickly and aggressively up there, and I think he ends up going more in that second, third round range as well with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Yeah, yeah, pe- people are going to be pushing Mac off to the side and uh, going going after Taylor. But we we have a question here from Open Twenty Four Hours on the YouTube uh, for only twenty twenty redraft. How would you rank Acres, Dobbins, Mostert, Hunt, and Keyshawn Vaughn? That's tough. Um, I would probably go Acres. Yes, man. I don't. I think I'm putting man. The the one I don't. I'm not really sure what to do with is Raheem. That that's one where um, you know, little little sneak peek. We're going to be talking about our rankings here coming up, and that he's someone who I had trouble with with ranking. I'm I'm really not sure what to what to do with Moser because it seems like everyone's just trying to give him that that running back room to himself, and I don't think that's going to be that's going to be the case. But even with his, you know, like I think he's going to be able to be efficient with the touches that he gets. Yeah, I think I would go. I think I would go Acres. I don't agree with that either. I would go Akers, Hunt, Vaughn, Dobbins, and then Mostert. I don't know. That's so tough because, like, I, I agree. Like, I think with Mostert, like, I don't, I don't think he gets to the, the. I think we are undervaluing Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman now is going like as an RB forty something or uh, somewhere in that range in terms of ADP. I still think he has a role in that offense, and I think we've seen it a lot last year where they were more than okay with a committee, mm-hmm. and now Jarek McKinnon's back, right? The <laughs> rising. From the ashes, like a phoenix, we might actually get to see Jarek McKinnon. For the fifth like they're gonna cut him. For the fifth. Yeah. And the tough thing with Dobbins, which uh, I was actually thinking about putting him on this list as well to talk about, but is I don't know how I I, I love J.K. Dobbins, right? And it, the kind of the, the narrative with him right now is just wait till 2021, right? Because that's what we're all waiting for with him. Because yeah. in Dynasty, like he is – it's no doubt that I, you know, that I, that J.K. Dobbins probably deserves to be in the top three conversation, the top three, top four, for sure. But for this year, he's like Mark Ingram's still there. Mark Ingram's still going to get opportunities, so it's a tough one. I'm going to go yeah. Acres, Vaughn, uh, Mostert, Dobbins, and then Hunt. But ask me tomorrow, I'm probably going to change my. That that's one where I'm going to I could go back and forth on the on this one all night. Yeah, this is something we're. This is one of those we're gonna have to get more information. We're, we need to kind of see how things play out a little bit, get some training camp information, see how things turn around in preseason and stuff like that. So, um, I, I'm I'm almost certain my my opinion would be a little bit different, you know, come August. And then that is the best name ever. <laughs> yes, you're you're gonna have to uh, watch. Thundercut Smith. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about drafting wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, and then all rookie back? One, I don't think you need to take tight end that early, right? I, I think it ends up hurting you. So uh, I would much rather take a tight end later. I get the oper- uh, the opportunity, or not the opportunity share, but the positional scarcity of wanting to take a tight end there. But we, something we've t- kind of talked a lot about so far this year, that this tight end, t- tight ends feel like it's a little bit deeper this year than what it normally is, right? 
you know, even though I was looking at like Dallas Goddard right now is going at like uh, tight end 16, right? And he has like tight end one, legit tight end one upside, even with Zach Ertz there. And so I would not go tight end if I, unless it's a tight end premium or something like that, I wouldn't do it. Now, like I mentioned, going wide receiver, wide receiver is certainly, I think, uh, um, a, not a bad strategy because you're going to get uh, fantastic value early. Wide receivers are falling. Now, there's also the flip side that how deep wide receiver position is. But if I can get the opportunity to get like Devontae Adams, who could easily be a, a wide receiver one or the wide receiver one this year, and then Tyree Kill right there with them, like two top five wide receivers. And then, and then, like I said, then that's when I would probably start hammering running back. Now, I don't think it's a terrible idea to go rookie running backs either because I think there's enough in this class where this could rival what we saw a few years ago with Christian McCaff- the Christian McCaffrey class, right, where that class uh, really blew up. And I think that this class could end up being somewhere in the same range. But it's all ultimately going to end up, for me, going to depend on how much further. Because there's a big difference between talking about it in June because, like I said, Jonathan Taylor is certainly going to move up higher. I think DeAndre Swift's going to move up higher. I think we see Cam Akers could possibly move up a little higher depending on how things play out. So I'm not trying to hedge. I'm just saying for me, if I was going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, that I would want to go, I would want to hammer running backs for the next couple of rounds. Yeah, for sure. I, just with the way that everything's falling, I, I know if I started a wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, I would hate my team because with how, with how early and often these running backs are flying off, um, I don't mind going tight end in the third, but if I were doing that, I'd want to go RB, RB, and then slam receiver after that because you're going to be able to get guys in the fourth fifth sixth round who are going to be the the wide receiver ones on their team so that's uh that's how i i would do that or, or at least go rb wide receiver. i would want one of those first two picks to be running back just because of i, I know just me personally i know i would not feel comfortable with those options at running back like especially rookie running backs because this year for 2020 i like all of them have at least a speed bump in front of them to leading their room and touches. Right. So that's, that's, that's where I would fall with that one. Yeah. And speaking of the, I guess the last running back that we have to talk about is Keyshawn Vaughn, right? Um, he is currently going at RB 31, 702. And then Ronald Jones is going RB 36 and 801. There is quite the power struggle going on right now between the Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn debate, right? And it started. It's really starting to get to a point where pe- more and more people are jumping on the Ronald Jones bandwagon, and people are really hyping up Ronald Jones. Now, objectively, and trying to not let my bias come out with uh, with how how much I love Keyshawn Vaughn, like Ronald Jones was better than what he uh, last year, and certainly what he was his rookie year, right? But I still believe that Ronald Jones is just a guy. I think there's a reason they they went out and brought in Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I think that he is certainly much more involved in the passing game. I'm not, I do not think that he is going, he's not James White. I've seen that. He's not James White. Like that, he is not that good of, like he is not that good of a receiving back. He is certainly that more than capable. Okay. But he is, he's not that. And I've also seen the Keyshawn Vaughn is too small to be a lead back, but he's almost 220 pounds. Like that, that is ridiculous. Like who, whoever says that clearly is not paying attention to anything. For me, if things were as they currently are, I would really have no problem taking probably either one because I think it's your the upside's kind of baked into it, right? Because if you take him, you know, in the seventh round, Keyshawn Vaughn at RB thirty one, if he's your fourth or fifth running back, like I don't hate that because I I think he certainly is going to have an opportunity. And I think he's going to have to have an opportunity early. I think at the very least, he starts out getting that pass catching work. 
And then with Ronald Jones, again, same thing. Like, but if I, but on right now, I am, I am buying Keyshawn Vaughn and selling Ronald. Yep, I'd, I'd agree. I don't think we really have to go too much further into this one. This is this is where anytime Ronald Jones comes up, I'm going to have the same response. He couldn't beat out Peyton Barber. That, that's that's all you need to know. And they let that dude walk. So yeah, that, that's that's it. All right, that'll pretty much wrap up tonight's show. Really appreciate everybody checking it out. Be sure to tune in on Friday when we when we break down the the wide receiver position and are we buying or selling them at their current ADP. You can follow me on Twitter at FantasyRat13. Follow my co-host at CKutzerFF. And if you, we would love to see you guys on our Slack channel. Absolutely free. You'll find the link in the description below where we have Redraft Dynasty DFS. And just talking about fantasy football, talking about football, talking about whatever you want. Uh, got a lot of good people in there. You know, make some money through DFS. Let's win some championships uh, through Redraft or Dynasty or whatever. There's a bunch of people. and maybe have over 200 people in there right now. So I really appreciate everybody checking out the show. And we'll see you guys again. Friday. Have a great rest of the week. Peace. We hope you enjoy your stay. It's good to have you with us, even if it's just for the day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.